Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 137. Um, I should apologise in advance. Ed's got a wee bit of a sore throat, so if you have a bit of a giggle at that, feel free. That is absolutely fine. Um, a lot of good episodes lately and a lot of good episodes coming up. Uh, for those of you that follow quite often on the podcast, you'll probably not have seen many all-in episodes, and that's because we haven't filmed since about July. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we did one in August, did we? No, I don't think we did, unless it was right at the start. So probably nah, we were in July. I'm fairly sure it wasn't. Which means we've probably not done time and remembered the question from the end, so we'll have to make one up. Um, today we've got quite a famous guest. Uh, he might not be famous if you're in the UK, but he's certainly famous if you're in Norway, which I believe 2% of our viewers are. So I'm going to speak, and I think Ed will as well, speak a bit slower because... Uh, our guest today has already said how hard it is to hear us speaking quickly. So we're going to try and go a bit slower uh, to make it a bit easier for him. And I, I don't blame him. We are pretty quick in fairness. Um, and I met this guy when I was in Tanzania. And uh, I've just explained to Ed off camera, the way that most people there described us was on the same energy level. So if you've seen me at a dance or just being full on Wallace, Martin was just the Norwegian version, and it was an absolute pleasure. So our guest today is Martin Holman. Martin, would you like to say hello? I would love to say hello. <laughs> hello, people. <laughs> I'm going to love this. He's so happy. I love it. It's just, uh, this, is, this is what Martin was the whole time. And Jane Strawhorn uh, went up and taught Martin a word, which was roaster. And she... <laughs> <laughs> And he was taught I, to call me it. So I'd never met that's Martin. Brilliant. I'd never met him. And I'm just walking down the, the sort of middle of the, the restaurant we sort of had. And Martin goes, Wallace, Wallace, you're a roaster. And I'm yeah. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you are a roaster. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely from Jane. Um, Martin, for the listeners, because you've got quite an exciting life, tell us, tell us a bit about yourself. What... What's your career? What, what's your life like in Norway? Oh, um, I work as a radio presenter and with television in the national broadcaster as BBC in Norway. So I've done that for, is it 11 years now? So I'm quite used to it, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I, do, I did also like child, children television as well. But now I'm in the radio station with it for... Actually, we don't have a target group. We would just speak to, it's just about modus. So Wallace, you could be in the radio because it's about good times, you know, it's a good feeling. So happiness, everything like that. So that's my work actually, uh, like I do every day. So so it's been like, if you, if you if you just jump into my life, it would be like, oh, wow, what are you doing? Like, it's so exciting. But for me, it's more like, okay, it's, it's going like this. So tonight I'm going to have, I need to write a script because next week, I'm going to be like a host for like a, a classic orchestra, three nights in one of the biggest, biggest halls in, in Oslo, in the capital in Norway. So that's, that's some sort of things that I'm doing. Yeah. Just drops that in, that's some yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something like, you know, it's like, more like it's every day, like my little sister, she moved into my, into my apartment this August and, um, and she was a bit like, 
what what what's happening martin because i woke up uh it was a sunday morning and it was like we had a breakfast and i said oh mom marty would like to go with me to the nrk because i i'm gonna join like a television program she was like are you going on television now yeah in 20 minutes i said now what 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 haven't you said anything you know you, you we should prepare i said no no we can just go there no problem so we just went there and then yeah so it's it's yeah it's it's quite normal in a way yeah <laughs> It's it's not normal, but <laughs> yeah. it sound but it's... for those for those uh, for those listening, um, you can't see Martin, but I I feel like I have to ask this question, and maybe you're thinking the same thing, Ed. You've been in TV eleven years. What age are you? I'm thirty one now. So, so I started when I was yeah. I was twenty. Yes, so. Yeah. So every like the thing I do every day, Monday to Friday, I'm in the radio station at the radio station. So I do a radio program for three hours every every Monday to Friday, and even on Saturdays I'm on radio. So that's my like everyday work. You know, it goes like this. So you always have to think about new stories, what kind of guests. It's the same as you, Adam Wallace. What you are doing, you know, you're finding guests. Oh, you, he is interesting. I can get him into on the on the podcast. It's the same way I'm doing it actually every day. So you get kind of used to it. Yeah, I assume you will. How how do you find yourself getting into that job? Did you go to university to do media and production, or what? What was that sort of process? I'm actually I actually started a different way the other way around because I I started working at a local radio station when I was was I 15 or something and then I worked as a volunteer didn't get anything uh, money at all so and then I got a lot of experience and then after that I went to something we call in Norway called Folk College it's like after yeah. high school you can get into like a yeah, it's like one year where you can just do whatever you want. You can do radio, acting, uh, hiking, whatever. And I did radio. And then I had a teacher there. He was really good and said, Martin, you have to be a host. And I said, okay, then, then I'm going to be a host, you know. And then my father, he owns a garage. He sells cars and repairs cars and tractors and everything. And he was like, oh, Martin, I would like you to work with my garage. But he also said always to me, Martin, you have to do whatever you want. You should be happy with your with your work. So he supported me when I said I should go for radio. And I don't never I don't think he believed that it that it was going to be this good, you know, that I'm gonna be that that I'm gonna have this career because it's quite hard. So but um that's my work. And then the second year I got an in, a print no internship. In, yeah. in in the biggest commercial radio station in Norway, and then it all started. You no, know, and I was just twenty years, and then it just kick started. And then after two years there, they said to me, Martin, maybe you should have an education as well. And I said, okay, why not? So then I took a bachelor in journalism. At the same time, I worked in radio and television. Yeah, so that's my way around, actually. Yeah, the the, the children's TV is an interesting one because. Children's TV has sort of made some pretty big stars. Like, I mean, I'm not comparing you to these two because that would be unfair on you, but like the Paul brothers in the States, they started in children's yeah. TV. There's a lot of folk here in the UK as well. Um, was was that a sort of springboard for you? Did that really sort of propel your radio and TV career? Um, no, not for the radio, actually. I did always... My passion is in radio. So whatever... Okay. I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have the, you know, changed the radio for television. Uh, 
I would just do because for me it's not nothing about being famous. It's more being telling the stories, and I like every day I can tell new stories. So it's not like working with television where you have to, or if you do the morning program, for example, then it's different. But if you do like a typical, you know, you make six episodes and then you broadcast it and then a six episode again, you know, it's different. I like the radio where working, it goes quick. Wallace, you would have loved it. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then <laughs> you can always come up with something new and you can try it. And if it doesn't, doesn't work, okay, try a different thing then. Uh, so radio is my passion. So, but the television was more like on the side. And then, yeah. So, but to, to do television for children, it's, it's, uh, it's how to say in the British way, splendid. It's, it's like <laughs> it's fun, you know? <laughs> uh, Martin, uh, as Wallace said at the start, you met Wallace in Tanzania. Uh, most of the listeners here will know what Wallace was doing in Tanzania and how he ended up there. But how, why were you there? What were you doing there? Oh, good question, because I'm also uh, uh, the leader of the board, the chairman of 4-H Norway, which is this part of the same, you know, as um, as uh, Wallace's organization, which is called Farmers. Yeah, so, so we are, we are young farmers. farmers. And, yeah, and farmers. Ed's, actually, Ed's, a, Ed's an ex-club ex chairman uh, of, of Young Farmers <laughs> in Scotland, so. Uh, he's are? actually more important than me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I, I think they sent the email to the wrong Says person. Says Mr. National Vice Chair. <laughs> I'm not the National Vice Chair. I'm the National Vice Chair of Comms and Market. Uh, yeah. Oh, funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was quite interesting, in fairness. And our listeners probably won't know much about that, Martin. So you're, you said there you're, you're chair of, of um, 4-H for Norway. Could you tell us about what 4-H is? Because if I hadn't been at that conference... I wouldn't have known what it was because we don't have it here. So could you explain to the listeners what it is? Yeah, of course I can do. Uh, 4-H is, um, you know, we got a roots back in the US with farming because it wasn't students that started to think about, oh, how can we grow uh, this thing better? And then they started to develop something, new things, you know, and then it started the organization called 4-H back then. And then it came to Norway and then, the war came and everything, the Second World War, and then the, the state thought, okay, we should, we should educate people in farming. Uh, why can't we use 4-H to do that? And then we worked along with the, with the state, to, uh, not the state, the, the, yeah, the state, yeah, the government. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mix up sometimes, you know, with the Americans, they say state, and they say, you know, it's different, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> the county yeah but then um <laughs> and then and then we so we all got the roots from farming but now also more with democracy democracy and then you know to to educate people how to do organization and to be leader and secretary and accountant and all these things as well and all the international work as well that's why i went to tanzania to see wallace and um, so that's, and so in, so if you're a 4-H member, you start at when you're 10 and then you, you start with a project, you do the project for a year and then you show what you've done. But this is also different from Norway to Sweden to, to England or to Tanzania or, you know, so it's different how we do it, but 4-H, anyway, the, the thing is, is the same, you know, you pledge to 
Oh, this is hard English. Do you know this one, Wallace? Because we got a four H. Um, we got a four H. Uh, what do you call it in English? Uh, it's called. Um, you have to trust. How do you? You have to um, believe or yeah. Say. Pledge is right. There, there is a word. Yeah, we we know what you mean though. Yeah, there there is a word. Uh, yeah, pledge is correct. Yeah, so then you pledge <laughs> that you're gonna have a good heart and you're gonna have nice brain and good hands and good health. You know, that's all the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's four H. <laughs> It's, I think it's brilliant because I mean, so so for for context, young farmers starts at fourteen. Yeah. Now there's there's some folk that are probably kicking off at thirteen, but when when I heard ten, I was like, "Geez, that's young." Um, but I actually over the course of the week started to think this is actually really good. Are are four H involved in schools or is it out with school? Oh, then again, well, I can't I didn't understand in school or. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm speaking too fast. Is, no, no, but I, I'm not is, sure what uh, I forgot. Like, it, does does the 4-H organization work with schools or yeah. are they set from school? They do work with, with school, yeah. With schools, he said. I was like, are you, are you saying wet? Are you wet? No, I'm not wet. You know, I'm, I'm quite wet. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not working with schools like normally. No, we don't do. And actually, you can be a member when you're eight, eight years old, and you can also be a member when you're one in Norway. So one years old. So so it, yeah. It but then yeah. you got a different uh, membership for you. So one to eight, different one. But from eight, you can start to do the to do the program. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. That's kind of mad. Yeah, but it's that's that's a good thing with four H. I think because you get all uh, generations so if you're 18 years old you also get to take care of the of the eight-year-old old kids so they are it's quite nice actually to see those working together as well you know could could you tell the listeners about your experience with 4-h so not not famous martin um <laughs> uh, that we know and love today but the 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 younger martin so when did you first come across 4-H? When did you start getting involved? I grew up in a little bit bigger town in, in Norway. <laughs> Not big, but it was bigger than the town I moved to when I was seven. Okay, so then I moved with my family to a different one called Alvedal. And in that town, in that tiny, tiny village, it was a 4-H club. And then all of the children were like, they joined it. And I said, oh, and then my older sister, she joined it. And I was... I was seven, so I couldn't I couldn't join it because that was before. Now we start with other the memberships and all stuff. And then I just looked up to her, you know, and she started there. I was like, oh, I want to be a 4-H member one day. And then I could finally could join. And they did so much great things. You know, they took me places to bowling or to go hiking or it was making something, you know, and they took us to bakeries to see how, how the baker, the baker works in the morning at four o'clock, you know, it was like, so it was all those things. And I, the best thing was that I could, I could join, I could be, I could be part of something with others and I could be, um, I could feel independent. That was good. Yeah. You know, because my parents, they weren't there and anything, but I could be on my own, but I had to be, a, even though a part of something bigger, it was quite nice. So that was my, 
I think that was why the reasons why I stayed and why I'm still a member. Actually, I've been now a member for it was eight when I started. Eight minus thirty one. It's like yeah, twenty three. 23 yeah. or 22 years yeah 23 years now you know and i haven't I haven't quit once so it's like so it's been <laughs> it's been a journey actually so and that's the reason why i'm why i'm chairman now i wanted to to give the the children in norway the same experience as as i had because it was uh i some people because i'm working a lot with you know the growth of 4h because you always want more members as a as a chairman but we we don't have anyone owners you know all the money we get it's getting back to the to the members as young farmers so yeah. so it's more but i i would and people ask me why why do you want for h to get bigger yes i want for h to get bigger because it's more children out there that needs a 4h club they can also it doesn't matter for me if they join a football club or playing handball or the scouts it doesn't matter for me they can join that and then we don't have to, we don't need 4-H there then. But if they don't have anything to join, they should have a 4-H club to be a part of because it's cheaper as well, you know, and and the children can, they can be on their own and they can, they can learn how to, to activate themselves as well. So that's my, my approach actually um, to, to the competition and everything. I just want more children to have the uh, and youth to have the opportunity to be a part of 4-H yeah yeah um so it's actually like the reason why you're chairman of 4-H now is a very similar reason to why I wanted to be a chairman of my young farmers club because I know what I got out of it um before that and I just wanted to do my bit and giving back and making sure as many people can see the opportunities um, that it can give you and how it can develop you as a person from being a kid to being an adult. Um, so is there a like age limit on 4H, being a 4H member? Or can you be a 4H member for life now? You can actually, if you like, the member category goes up to 25, but then you can be alumni afterwards and then you can be a member for until 100 years, you know? So no, but in in young farmers, is there an age limit there? Yeah, so it's twenty eight is the official age limit, isn't it? And then yes. you can be a, it's the same. You can be a what do they call it? A Associate? Is that no? A friend of young farmers. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. It's the same. We got a membership. Like you can support it, but you're not a member, yeah. or are you more a supporter, or can you be a part of the club meetings? Yeah. I think you can go to events, but any competitions that are higher than club level, mm. you can't compete in them. No. So you can still, if you want to, you could still be going to a lot of things. Yeah, it's a part of the the name though, young farmers. It would have been <laughs> strange if it was like a fifty years yeah. old farmer <laughs> joining young farmers. Maybe. I think if you go down the line of encouraging those that are you know forty and above, for example, whatever the number is. You still, you sort of almost pull away the younger members, and their their chance reduces. A lot of the older uh, folks that have been members before offer an invaluable assistance and and help mm -hmm. us and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. Uh, how how long is your role as chairman, Martin? Is that a one year post or a two year post? It's a two years. 
uh, and but then so now I've been in for two and a half because I was uh, uh, the uh, the next how to say the next chairman in English you know the yeah yeah <laughs> the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chair maybe yeah the yeah wise yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. and so then but because of the, the the chairman had to 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 quit because of sickness I had to to be the chairman and then. Uh, so I started half a year before, almost a year before I, I then after that, of that eight months, I got elected. That was a summer last year. So next summer is going to be a new election. And I think I'm going to run for a new period of two years as a, as a, as a chairman, as a leader, I think, because it's still something that I haven't, you know, done, finished. And I think you should be a chairman for at least four years. To really get something done, and also for organization, it's it's good to to keep to have something, yeah, to not change everything every second year. Uh, yes, and yeah, organization wants me then. <laughs> there's there's benefits to that consistent change, but I feel like someone like yourself, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast. I feel like someone like yourself will be good for the organization and you'll benefit them being in that position um i'm quite certain well, you, thank you that's that's nice to hear oh here i had a great time with you over the four days i knew you um, <laughs> it was great fun uh i've got a question on the the orchestra host side of things so you said once we sort of stop recording you're writing a script because you'll you'll be hosting an event with with an orchestra are you a musician yourself or are you purely there as a as a let's say it celebrity host <laughs> I, i'm not a musician by myself uh, i really i can't i can i can sing a little bit you know like i can sing in a choir i think but i can't sing well at all and i can't play an instrument at all so actually i'm there because maybe i'm there because i'm a celebrity and <laughs> i hope i'm there because i'm a good host actually I'm good at it. I hope so, uh, but <laughs> I I don't know actually. <laughs> we'll see how good the script is gonna be because it's about we're gonna I'm gonna the, the nights are about the music of Hans Zimmer. Most of it it's gonna oh, be wow. yeah. yes, it's gonna be film music. So it's best orchestra. I will say that okay, one of the best orchestras in in Norway, and also we say it's one of the best orchestras in the world. Um, it's called Oslo Philharmony. It's really good. And so then I'm going to play film music and then never do that, actually. It's going to be three nights only, actually, with film music. So this is going to be great. Very cool. Very cool. Mm. Um, yeah, so we definitely won't keep you too long because it sounds <laughs> like it's a, it's a big deal. So you better um, have plenty of time to write Here, Martin's a big deal. This is yeah, not like, oh, I know. What he's doing? I know. <laughs> 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 Uh, so apart from uh, introducing Wallace as a roaster, um, <laughs> what, else, what else did you get up to in Tanzania? What was that experience like? Oh, Tanzania was really good. I would say it was it was strange also at the same time. But uh, you know when you I was this was my first time. Maybe Wallace is like can agree now. This is my first time to Africa. Uh, so I've been just watching films and you know Lion King like everyone else. So we just like, well, oh, how is it going to be in Tanzania? Is it gonna? Be, am I gonna have food or is it gonna be animals or 
Is it going to be in the trees or is it just, uh, you know, is it just desert or anything? So I was quite like, not stressed, but I was, for, for the first time for a very long time, I was a bit, um, I was a bit uh, <laughs> uh, excited about traveling because when you go to, to Europe or go to America, it's more like, okay, we go there, you know, it's going to be okay. This was like, wow, this is totally new. And so the whole thing was, I was, it was, I think Africa was perfect. It was uh, like it, like it should have been. Mm. So, and Tanzania, the people of Tanzania, Wallace, what did you think about them? So I, I've been trying to explain to people just how friendly Tanzanians are. Oh. Like, I mean, you, you felt like the, you knew them all forever. Mm. Like, I don't know if you remember Hatibu Kalinga. Hatibu yeah. came up one day and he was like, Wallace, Wallace. And I'm like, I followed you on Instagram about three seconds ago and he's <laughs> given me a hug and he knows everything about me. And it was just like that the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So you felt that too, Martin. You felt like that was the case as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I still write him on WhatsApp. Like, hello, how are you, Martin? It's really nice. And also, this the thing about Tanzania for me was a bit strange because I'm gay, and this was the first time I traveled to a country where it's not you're not allowed to be gay, you know, yeah. to, allowed to be. I'm not allowed to be myself. I never, I never done that before. So it was a good experience as well. How is it to be here in Tanzania now? Do you feel it's? Do I feel it like that? And I, I actually got to talk with some people there about it. Uh, some Tanzanians and they said it's we know that people are gay and they can they can be gay but they're not allowed to display it so so but we we know about places in Arusha where people are going the clubs and stuff and they go right. there but it doesn't matter but yeah so I think some people they are recognizing it and like okay they're accepting it and they're like okay this this doesn't be them you know be what they are and some are not, and yeah, they still got these rules. So, yeah. How how does that feel for you? Just and I don't even mean for you yourself. I mean for you as a gay person to see this country that that genuinely feels so accepting that you still can't be you when when it when they actually loved you as a person, they loved spending the day with you, much like myself, like we were dancing, we were getting involved. But the second they know who you're attracted to, their opinion changes. How how does that feel? Oh, um, it's, I think the best word to describe it is sad. Yeah. I knew if they knew, <laughs> they would have been strange to me. I knew that. Uh, maybe not, not everyone, but some of them would have been, you know? So, uh, and it's also strange because when I'm doing 4-H activity, I have a shirt that I wear, a pique, which has like the, the rainbow, the flag of the rainbow on, yeah. on, on the, the sleeves. And, but I didn't wear that. I, I brought it with me, but I never, I never, never, never wore it in Tanzania because, you know, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't display it. So it's, it, was, it was, I think it was sad is the best word actually to describe it. And also, I'm sad of all the people living in Tanzania that are gay. That that you know, I can I can travel back to Norway, and I can be whatever I want. I can be in a safe country, but they are still there. 
and, and trying to figure out how to to be who they are uh, without show, showing it to anyone. Yeah, so, sorry, it's on you. Is that a, like I, I genuinely don't know this? Um, is that a, re- a religious thing? Is it the government that has made that illegal? Or... No, actually, no. I think uh, I, I can't answer it, you know, but it's the same in Norway. It's only 52 years since it was uh, a crime uh, to be gay in Norway as well. Only 52 years, you know, it's not that long. My yeah. my, my, my my father is 57, so he, when he was born, it was illegal to be <laughs> to be to be gay in Norway as well. So we can we can be here now. We can laugh about it. Ha ha ha! How is it in Tanzania? But it's not that it's not that long since it was the same in in Norway and in Europe. So uh, I don't know actually. It might be religion get a lot of you know. <laughs> we can blame the religion for a lot, and I think so. Maybe like hist in the hist uh, like if you think about history. But the strange thing about Tanzania is that it got so many. Uh, um, female leaders, you know the the president yes. leader, the the owner of the hotel that we stayed at was the was a was a woman, and also the leader of the four H organization of Tanzania is a is a woman. So it was like, why aren't you changing this? You know, yeah. Uh, was it was it quite a well voiced thing? Like, was it quite obvious that? they wouldn't be accepting of it or is it just something you knew that they wouldn't going into the country no i knew it because i read about it and it shouldn't be you shouldn't be displaying it so it took me um but i got to know two people there and they drove me to the airport and when i was in the car to the airport i asked them i said because we talked about more like personal stuff and i said no, it's been, it's been, to live in Norway has been really great because they asked me, how is Norway? I said, oh, it's been great to live in Norway, but it was a bit stressed when I grew up because I grew up as a gay person. And I said, oh, so you're gay? Okay. And then it was, then we talked about it. You know, that's one of my, my gate to talk about it. And, uh, and then, it, but yeah, but I could see some people, Tanzanians, they were like, could have been gay, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, I was like, oh, it's a pity then that you can't be yourself. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and actually, I yeah. proper appreciate you talking about that as well. It's, it's a big thing to say, you know, with, with the, the, the challenges that you noticed in the country. And uh, one thing that impacted me on this was um, we, we flew through Qatar. I don't know where you flew through, eh, Martin, but we went through Doha. Yeah. And you look at Doha Airport and it's one of the most phenomenal phenomenal sites of engineering it's a ridiculously progressive city from an engineering perspective they've just held the world cup and the human rights there from a um lgbtqia plus perspective from a female male perspective like it is insanely low while it's sad and i think we realize like when you say there you're 52 years i think you said i think I think I just checked there, the UK will be 70 years next year. We, we forget how lucky we are in places like the UK and Norway um, and and others, you know, the, the States gets a really bad rap in a way, but a lot of places are still much better than, than these places we're talking about. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a worry from a travel perspective to have to consider that. When you were mentioning about sort of being 
not stressed, but maybe excited, but also a bit like, mm, not so sure about this, that I'd never even considered that. So yeah, th- thank you for, for sharing that, first off. Um, in Tanzania, what uh, what did you do with 4-H? Obviously, I know the answer to this, but I was there. Uh, what, what sort of trips and um, what sort of, uh, I guess, seminars we did were you involved in? Uh, a lot of things, you know, and some of the things in Tanzania was more for, you know, the leaders of the club, I think, and also for the employees of 4-H. So I joined a lot of those kind of things you know to how to interact with the, with the children and all those kind of things so but i also got to really to talk about talk with some other leaders that was good for me as well and with some of the um, you know, administration of 4h around so that was the thing i did actually i i did more networking for because it would i'm i'm very interested in making 4h as a global organization uh, more known and also more solid so we can work together um we don't have to yeah we don't have we norwegians are quite clever (laughs) to be honest but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i believe we are more clever when we are when we can talk with when we can talk and interact with other people as well (laughs) yeah and i (laughs) i love that about tanzania now that was with tanzanians it was with jamaicans Norwegians, Swedes, Finns, mm-hmm. Taiwanese, everything. And I, I don't know if you felt as smart, but I felt like we were just a big family. Like we um, we spoke, uh, those of us that went from Scotland, we, we released a podcast about half an hour ago, actually. It just came out. Um, and we said that we were there for six nights and only on the fourth night did we sit together because you were sat with everyone else. You were just all felt like you knew each other. It was amazing. We speak um, the same language in a, in a way. Well, and do you know, I think a couple of times tonight you've said, sorry if my English isn't whatever. Man, don't apologise. We can only speak English. Like, it, <laughs> and I, just, <laughs> I, I don't think... Uh, skull? Is, <laughs> is Skull Norwegian? Is that like celebration? Yeah, Skull, yeah. Um, yeah. Skull, yeah, yeah. It's not really helping our case here, is it? It's not. We're so, like, the people that speak English, we're so ignorant, like, yeah. we're so bad at learning languages. Like, yeah. there's not many people, like, keen uh, to be learning languages in uh, the UK. And just because you know that you go to Europe and chances are you can speak English and you'll find someone that can, like help you out with what you need but why uh, why don't you why don't you learn um, another language then it's it's instilled in us man know. and it's it, you know we, we've had this chat ed with a uh, particular uh, dylan and Celtia yeah on the podcast that at school level it just does not matter they they, they put french to most schools mm-hmm. but they also definitely put it down like yeah. there's that's a th- in schools which is yeah which is wrong but i mean we we went the five of us that went to rwanda i think three master's degrees between us all in pretty good jobs all above i was the youngest there so all above 26 and we were going to four-year-olds who were speaking our language in rwanda you know that, yeah, <laughs> we're, it's embarrassing actually yeah. it genuinely yeah, embarrassing. yeah yeah it is uh, see, see when i see when i go to a country and you can't 
Like you go to France, like I did a few years of French. I mean, I did French classes for three years in school because you had like, um, because you had to, and I couldn't barely say more than "Hello, what's your name?" Like, if someone said something to me, I'd have no chance of translating them. And I think it's so ignorant going into someone else's country. <laughs> that is um, funny because you know, yeah, you speak the language. It's it's very much derived from the whole. British Empire thing and like we oh, think yeah. we're in a different place and we are yeah we're in a different place of course we are but it's derived from that and yeah. I think it's a national sort of up themselves almost and here yeah. we're all part of it and it's a, it's a long-term change but uh, to try and try and sort of focus on more of a positive note Martin I'm conscious that you're a very busy man you have scripts to write you have things to do yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, but First off, we've got a few questions before we let I, you go. I have only talk. one thing to say about the language thing for you. Okay. It's the best thing about speaking a language that does not so many speaks is that you get the secret language when you're traveling. <laughs> you should learn Norwegian because then you can speak a secret language. You can you could talk with about people in in every situation. It's so nice, you know, like uh, but you can't, you know, it's impossible for you. So you should actually learn Norwegian. It's beautiful. So what you're saying is learn Norwegian to be sneaky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to be a rooster. To be a rooster, exactly. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Martin, man, it's, it was it was a pleasure to meet you in Tanzania. It's been a pleasure to film with you again, but we're not going to let you, let you off quite, re- quite yet. There's two things we have to ask you. So with every podcast that Ed and I film, we ask the person a question at the end, which has been given us, given to us by the previous guest. Uh-huh. So in the minute I in a minute I have a question for you. And I also want you to come up with a question for our next guest. And I'll tell you who that guest is. Her name is Bethany. Um, that is that is who, who your question it will be for. But before we get your question out of it, out of you. Um, the question that Duncan Pickering, who is a friend of Ed's, he's been deployed in Iraq. Really interesting conversation. Wow. Uh, the question he asked was, would you rather do a skydive or bungee jump and why? Off you. It's Norwegian expression. Off you. Okay. I think the safest thing to do is a bungee jump. You know, yeah. I think so. But... I would actually love to do both of those because, but I, I wouldn't have done today or maybe not tomorrow because I'm a bit scared of it, but I would <laughs> love, but I would love to go sky jumping, you know, it would be an, an extraordinary experience, but also go in a paralightning, you call that in English as well, paralightning, yeah. and that would be, that would be yeah. my favorite thing to do, actually, feel yeah, like a bird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I would, I would completely disagree with you. Don't think that I'm keen to jump out of a plane, right? It's one of those things that there's, there's actually a person in our club doing it this month. Fair play to them. I would love to, from the the exhilarating feeling, whatever. But the bungee jump, I just think like I'm gonna get cut in two. <laughs> I feel like it's going to cut me into, and and unlike yourself, Martin, and unlike yourself, Ed, I am a heavy man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting severed. It's <laughs> a problem. Okay, uh, just stay on the ground then, Wallace. It's better for you. <laughs> Probably for the safest. Promise if, me. If I, the, if I hit the ground from a skydive and we land wrong, 
we're causing earthquakes here, Martin. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we have an issue on our hands. <laughs> we'll just double up the bungee cord for him. <laughs> <laughs> just separated. <laughs> um, and Martin, we have if, the extra rope. <laughs> I know that's it. I know. God, more um, three extra ropes. If, <laughs> All right, just keep going, chips. That's it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a rooster. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. If we were to pass, if you were to ask a question to your next guest, that all you know about is her name is Bethany. What would your question be? I would love to ask Bethany, um, if she could describe her life as a movie. How would have would had it have been? You know, how would have been? How would been? How would but 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 if you could describe your life as a movie, how would do you know what would be good? Who would have played her? I was just about to say that. Yeah, it would be the actress that played her. Yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good for podcasts as well. Yeah, that's good. Good Do you want to answer that question, Martin? Who would play you in a movie? Martin Holman. He's oh. yeah, he's famous enough that he can play himself. <laughs> People say that I'm really I look the same as Ryan Gosling. Yeah, you've no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, Martin. In the Barbie movie with the blonde hair, yeah, you yeah. are Kenoff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, but I'm, I'm making a joke about it because I'm not like Ryan Gosling at all. But anyway, but if someone would play mine. My my Martin, wow! I never thought about that. Actually, it's more about if my life would have been a movie, I would have lived on Mars maybe and have my own spaceships, you know, and travel around and whatever I did. And if you ask me an even better question, if you, what kind of animal would you have liked to be, you know? And I would definitely have been a bird because think about flying around. Oh, and if you ask me an even better question. What is the dream that you dream the most? I dream about being Harry Potter. You know, I'm dream about going around on the Nimbus 2000. You know, oh. <laughs> I'm I'm sensing a theme that you like the idea of flying here. Uh, yeah, I do. A bird, Harry Potter, everything. Uh, I love to fly. If you want to be an animal, I told you it would be a bird. Would be, but I don't know. You'd want to be top of the chain. I'm definitely uh, clipping you saying a bird would be handy. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you only you guys have, animal you, guys have, you guys have made a mistake because you have said bird, yeah. But, but then it's that could, could be change, that like could a, be yeah, but that could be an tiger. ostrich. You haven't you just said yeah. bird. You might you might not be able to fly, it might just be a yeah. thing that can run. Falcon. A falcon. Falcon's class, yeah. Right. A penguin. Ed, yeah. you're a penguin. They're pretty cool, they are pretty cool. Bug beak. A yeah. penguin. Nah, I said buckbeak. Oh, yeah, buckbeak. Okay, yes. Okay, that's better. Hmm. And you, Wallace, what kind of animal would you like, like to be? So I kind of think, I'm thinking down like the Ant-Man route. You know, I've spent my life as a big guy and you don't really hide very well, especially no. with my dream sense, right? <laughs> so I quite like to be like a cockroach. You know, I, I can take anything. Nothing's going to kill me. Survive a week. Nah, they survive ever. They don't die. Yeah, they don't die. Oh, yeah, yeah, cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think they have a life expectancy, but if there's a nuclear bomb, they're good, Like They're good to go. Uh, yeah, they, they are quite <laughs> good. I forgot about that. 
Um, yeah, fair. No, here, Martin, it's been a pleasure. I had a feeling bringing you on would be great fun. I never thought we'd be on Harry Potter, um, human <laughs> rights, uh, youth groups, everything. You really have covered it all. It's been an absolute pleasure. We've managed to fit it into about 45 minutes, which is pretty good going. That is a record for us, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, by, a, by a big stretch. <laughs> and I think it'd be fair to say if we had another error, we'd probably manage. Yeah, oh, yeah. quite easily. <laughs> so... Martin, thank you very much. Um, I appreciate your time. Hope you've had a good time. I had. Thank you for having me, really. This is really nice. It was nice, nice break in the evening, you know, writing a script, having you, and now my phone called. I don't think, did you hear it? So now, I'm, <laughs> now I need to just call them, and, la, 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 and then we go back. <laughs> no, good, mate. Well, um, we'll leave you to it. For those of you listening, thank you for listening again. That's been R2Cast number 137. I don't have a clue who the next guest is because I haven't filmed it yet. I hope you're enjoying the episodes and looking forward to some more all-in series series episodes with Ed. Um, if you have any ideas for folk to come on the podcast, especially the all-in series at the minute, please get in touch. I have got a really cool one, Ed, I haven't told you. I don't know if anyone listening has heard of Cam's Campbell. Uh, Cam Campbell is a guy who I would guess the best way to describe him is like a world explorer and he got frostbite in his hands and his solution was to saw his fingers off Not so we've got a pretty hard yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah that's right Martin they were frostbitten to the point they were useless and he thought I might as well get rid of them so we've got a pretty hardcore dude coming on at some point who's playing him in a movie <laughs> I don't want wow. his fingers <laughs> is Wallace Roaster, yeah, no, no. he's a roaster. <laughs> I'm not a roaster, Martin. I'm not a roaster. Yeah, no. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>